Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bounce pass Dante. Dante! Dunk! He got it left block, spun, slammed it. 47-26, Oregon. This is Durden Sprague. Morant with it. Three-second differential. Close by Okoro into the lane. Lays it up. No good. Tapped by Adams. He's home. Adams puts the Grizzlies up one. Nine seconds. Garland makes his move to the right. Off balance. Three. No, he gives it oh, to he Le- LeBert walk. Out to Garland. Two. One. Three. Blocked by Brooks. Grizzlies win. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. We are tied at 118. We got less than a minute to play. Murray in the lane. Push it up and in. Dirt and spray on 1080 The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Spray on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. What is happening? No Sacramento Kings in the open. How disrespectful The to disrespect you. to the Sacramento. I will not stand for it. What they did last night was amazing. Light the beam, baby. Light the beam. What did they do last night? They, they beat the Lakers in L.A. Oh, cool. That was like the first win over the Lakers in L.A. in like 35 years for them. Why is that a big deal? <laughs> Don't the Lakers suck? Because they're the Kangs. Like, the Kings <laughs> beat the Lakers. It's the a thing? big deal, man. They're having a year. Deal. Whenever they win a regular season game against the Lakers, it's a big deal. It's the thing. This is the equivalent of me just... <laughs> Butting in on a hockey conversation and seeing both your faces as I talk about something I know nothing about. <laughs> I saw that that game was going on when I went to bed last night. It was still in progress. Oh, thanks. I'm as glad I, you checked it before you I, went to sleep. As I turned the lights off, I was like, hey, look at that. Kings, Lakers playing tonight. Well, Thrilling. Wrapped up. Uh... Like 2003 all over again. <laughs> Woo! Catch a fever. I did catch the end of the Nugs uh, T-Wolves game that was on ESPN. Yeah. And uh, probably a little bit more entertaining than it should have been for Nuggets fans. Sure. (laughs) 
And then I got mesmerized by some unseated American knocking off the number two seed at the Australian Open. Ah, that. There's my dirt There's Jason Swigard. That's the guy we all know and love. Nothing of which you speak. You want to know the final results of the poll question, by the way? Your boy Jensen Brooksy. Oh, I love Jensen Brooksy. What was the poll question? Big fan. Uh, do, Do you know or did you know that the Australian Open was happening? Oh, uh, that it was currently taking place. When I checked it after I posted it, uh-huh. it was an immediate yes in was beating no, but I didn't check the latest results. Uh, a little over 400 votes, and uh, we were at nearly 70% of people saying no. They had yeah, no I clue know. the Australian Open was happening. Well, it, I honestly had no idea until you brought that up on the show yesterday in Statter Story. Has there, no clue. Is there worse advertising than tennis's majors? They, I didn't no, see unless one you're commercial. Watch, unless you're watching ESPN, like ESPN is promoting the hell out of it. Sure. Are they, though? I watch ESPN. I'm not seeing this. Then you're not paying attention. I feel like the only time I've watched ESPN in the last week was to watch the Bucks and Cowboys game, and I watched that on ABC, so I strike that from the record. I didn't even watch ESPN that well, night. I watch NFL Live every day. I watch some of the sports centers. Some of those include Scott Van Pelt. Others include the L.A. version. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not paying attention enough. I just I haven't noticed much Australian Open Championship coverage. Like the I haven't Australian noticed it. Open. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, it does not. No. But the Kings got a win. Good for the Kings last night. The I, Kings I, do have a win. I did not know that. They're having a good year. I'm happy for Sacramento. They're are they the, they're four, top are they three fourth seed? in the West. Third. Yeah, they're having a hell of a year. They're now ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, and uh, baby Sabonis is on fire. Him and Fox are. They're having a nice little they, uh, they run here. Should be under much consideration for an All Star. We're willing to appearance. live in a world in which the Sacramento Kings, Memphis Grizzlies, and New Orleans Pelicans have all clearly jumped us. Um. Well, I, I, Memphis has already been there, kind of. Yeah, I, I would actually extent. argue, Dirt. That's I, basically the Blazers summed up for forty years. <laughs> hey, this team's jumped us. Hey, how, how did this happen? Hey, this team. The Suns went from jumping us and being great. Yeah, they to did. Sucking again. To sucking. To jumping back. To sucking again. And now they. Well, they're not doing good now. But like last year and the year yeah. before, they had jumped us again. Yeah. We've been jumped five Has times the just by the Suns. Taken over yet? No. Oh. Sarver is still in control. And he still has veto power on the eight and trade stuff. <laughs> yeah, so. that's a nice, nice little poison pill that he can use oh, going out. God, it's it's just the, the league needs to step in and it's not good. expedite things there so they can get on and be a real team again. Yeah, I think Mike Brown should win Coach of the Year. To be honest with you, uh, let me see. You want my hot take on NBA Coach of the Year? Yeah, I'm, I'm very very educated on this topic. Sure, I'm trying to scroll through, see if anybody else deserves it. I think I agree with you. Even like Boston's having a great year. But they, they actually were... don't like that guy that's filling in for. Well, E-Man. it's another thing too. It's like you get this in the NFL. Like, should Andy Reid be the coach of the year? I struggle with this. Or because... should it be Brian Dayball? Because nobody thought the Giants would win a game this year, yeah. and they're now in the divisional round of the playoffs. Isn't this the toughest thing to kind of debate? Is like, see, to me, it's not. I don't think the I I, I think I view coach of the year and MVP differently. I think we do this far too often with MVP. Where we don't, it's like we we bring this up with Jokic. We can't give him a, a third MVP in a row. We can't mm-hmm. give a guy back to back Heisman's. It's like, well, well, if he's the best guy in the league, why why not? It doesn't make any sense. Coach of the year, I don't like giving to the guy with the best roster or the best player. Yeah, but he helped establish. I know all he of did, that. and he's won a coach of the year because of it. He's won a Super Bowl because of it. But that only be lost enough. three times. I know, but I, I if you were to ask me who had a better coaching performance this year. It would be about exceeding expectations. The Chiefs lived up to their expectations. 
They didn't disappoint, so there's a bonus point for Andy Reid. Brian Dayball far exceeded his expectations. Okay, I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with where you're coming from here, but you say far exceeded Dayball did in New York. I I don't think the Chiefs were that popular a pick in the AFC West compared to the Broncos and the Chargers, and they were the favorite. I mean, they maybe. were absolutely See, the, the Chiefs are the team that you, we you just don't you, like to like. They're, they're, they've been around for a couple of years and we're looking for the shiny new thing. I, no, I'm saying I can't place everything on what Vegas thinks. I know Vegas had them as the favorite, but the, the hot, sexy pick was the Chargers. It was, oh, Russ is with the Broncos and that defense. It's and they lost Tyreek Hill. And it's like, well, maybe the Chiefs are going to. That was a real narrative. And I'm not again, I'm not saying you're not right, but. 14, I don't think anybody had him 14-3. and three. See, I disagree with that. If you would have told me in August. You thought they were that good? Well, we didn't do win-loss record predictions. Well, but if you told me in August that the Chiefs go 14-3, and three, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's the Chiefs. They have the best player in the NFL. He still hasn't lost a road game in his division. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have thought that came to an end this year. No, no. They, they might go to five straight AFC championship games. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. They have the best player in the NFL. And See, again, another guy that we look for, who's <laughs> who's better than Patrick Mahomes? Nobody's better than Patrick nobody, Mahomes. Nobody. He's, the, He's best. the best quarterback in the NFL now, and he will be for the next five years. I put Josh Allen above him. I'm an idiot. QB1 is in Kansas City. It is Patrick Mahomes. And I'm sorry for that. But, like, it, it's hard. See, I don't. This poo-pooing of the Chiefs' expectations is funny to me. Like what do you we mean? Didn't, we didn't expect them to make the playoffs this no, year? No, I, I didn't well, say they that. they going to go 8-8? Eight eight? No, what, I didn't say that. It's the new Mike Tomlin Steelers. But you you watch the same stuff I watched. There were a lot of people that were like, I think the Chargers actually could take that step. There were people legitimately, when Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos, mm-hmm. take yourself to when it happened. Oh, we talked about, are they a Super Bowl contending yeah. team? We were yeah. all like, holy crap, with that defense and those sure. weapons, Russ, watch out for him. And then how many people, they'll pick the Kansas City Chiefs to miss the playoffs? It's one thing well, to say maybe no, they don't al- win the division. Nobody. nobody said they would make the playoffs you can't you can't pick a team with that quarterback to miss the postseason exactly and the counterpoint to that is how many people pick the new york giants to make the playoffs but in a way so <laughs> nobody you know what this segment is <laughs> nobody it's a poo-pooing segment we're poo-pooing your poo-poo we poo-pooed the australian open we've poo-pooed the sacramento kings yes and now you're poo-pooing the fact that kansas city went 14 and 3 i'm not poo-pooing it you kind of are you're I'm like just saying it's not coach of the year worthy it's the Kansas City Chiefs. But my point is, like, how is that not worthy? What they were 14-3. and three. What was the Kansas City Chiefs over-under in Vegas? I think it was, year? like, 10.5. Was it only 10.5? I think it was somewhere 10 or a half. It has to be 10.5-11. It couldn't have been higher than that. With that division going into the year, if you find the preseason odds. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it's, it. But it's I'm trying to find, find those it. articles. Uh, they are well. Here's an uh, article right now that the Kansas City Chiefs are the odds-on favorite to win the 2023 Super Bowl. I don't know if that's, well, that's currently no, or if that's from preseason. No, that's that's not. No, the Bills were the favorite all year. That's update. That's the updated odds. Kansas City's now the favorite. Well, look, they won a lot of games. Good for them. Not coach of the year. He's not. What about Shanahan? Uh, Shanahan, I think, is a m- far more deserving than Andy Reid. Great roster. I He's mean, got a he third-string just... quarterback. If Kansas City was on their third-string quarterback, would they have won 13 games this year? Can you name Kansas City's no, third-string quarterback? I can. I think Chad Henney's still their backup, but I don't know the. I don't know if that's true or not. But <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is more deserving, and I love Andy Reid. I'm a big Andy Reid guy. Think you do. It sounds like you don't. But Kyle Shanahan is more oh deserving. God. Nick Sirianni is probably more deserving. Do you? Okay, you'll never guess it. So I'll just tell you. Uh, I forget where this guy played, but when I say his name, oh, that's right. Think of an old Texas quarterback. Not even that old, really. 
He's one of those that absolutely gets forgot about in Texas quarterback in lore. Texas quarterback lore. Yeah. Nobody uh, talks about it. It's not Ellinger because he's nope. in Indy. It's he's obviously not Colt McCoy because he's in Arizona. You're you're really close with your first guess. It's around that like time period. Around the Ellinger time period? Yeah. And I don't even think I'm going to say his name right because it's been so long. Who was their other quarterback? I remember the dude that came into the national title game. But he ended no, up playing in like no. the USFL. I later, like. you got to go later, later than that. You got to go later than. I'm that. not up on my Texas no, quarterback no. names. I don't know. Shane Bukel. Oh, well, how do you say his I, last name? Yeah. Remember who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about now. I don't even know how to. I, I can't remember how to pronounce. I'm it. butchering his last name, but he is their third string quarterback. That's so. Yeah, they'd win 13 games with that guy at quarterback. No chance. So Shanahan's the coach of the year. No chance. No Brian Dayball is. Because Danny Dimes is their quarterback. Would Dayball win with his third-string quarterback? Uh, pro- well, I think he's kind of winning with one right now. That's a little disrespectful <laughs> to Danny Dimes. Oh, I was going to bring that up today. Okay, way to answer my uh, getting ahead of some of the segments <laughs> They here. have no weapons. Like Isaiah Hodgins, Isaiah is, Hodgins a, is their me. best wide receiver. Mine too. Darius Slayton. <laughs> Compare that to, you know, if Richie they had James. Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle. It's just a hair different in San Francisco. He's got an MVP, like Madden-type <laughs> running back in Saquon Barkley. He's got cheat code. And can I also... Also add to this that for awards, I firmly believe that postseason play should be included. Yeah, I well in That's, the NFL it, it should me, because it drives me nuts that we don't do that. How often does the league MVP in the NFL not in the playoffs? Never. Like, let me point this to you. Like, I the the arguments on Shanahan are strong. Not many coaches and teams in the NFL could get this far with a third string quarterback. I would argue they're probably the only one. We see so many seasons and teams get totally derailed by quarterback injuries. Even the backup, you go to even the, the backup. backup. It's like, well, they're dead. happens they're every cooked. year in the ever every year in the NFL. Let's play the hypothetical out this weekend though that the 49ers lose to the Cowboys, which could very well happen, and the Giants beat the Eagles, which would could very well happen, mm-hmm. and they find a way to the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you voted for somebody other than Brian Dayball, and then he's standing there in the NFC Championship game with Danny Dimes as his quarterback, and the reaction on your face. If I would have told you that was going to happen in August, you would laugh at me and slap me in the face. Put a bet on the New York Giants to go to the NFC Championship game. You would look at me and say you were a raving lunatic and idiot. I wouldn't slap you in the face. I have a thing about hitting people in the face. (laughs) But if I told you the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, nobody nobody bats an eye. You believe it. Literally there last year. Sure. Hey, Kansas City's going back to the AFC title game. Yeah, I could see it. It's Patrick Mahomes. Would you have? Okay, so let me play this game with you. I'll flip it. Because you're right on the Giants, I wouldn't have never, I would have never believed you. There was not th- just making the playoffs, let alone winning a playoff game. No, no, no. Th- there's not even a reality where you would have said Giants make the playoffs, and I would have believed you. Let alone no. make the NFC Championship game. Let me one up it though, or not one up it. Let me let me flip it on you. I love them plus seven and a half this weekend too. I'm trying not to love it, but I can't I help it. it. I love it. But they got bludgeoned at <laughs> home by this team. I don't care. They're they're hungry. Divisional opponent. You're right. <laughs> what if I would have told you the Niners get to the NFC Championship game and about the last six to seven weeks of the year, they do it with Brock Purdy? I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? Was it only six or seven? I think he played four. Five going into the playoffs because they've won like eleven in a row, haven't they? Now maybe it has been longer than that. Oh, when did, I'm trying to think when Jimmy G got hurt. He got hurt in the his first start was against the Bucks. He got hurt in the Miami game. Yeah, that's right. It was Miami. That's when they. Yeah, that's when the change so happened. One, yeah, you're right. One, two, three, four, five. Won the last five games of the regular okay. season. Okay. And my if you can my because he got hurt early in that Miami game. So you want to give him that? That's six in a row. So Brock. what if I would have told you? He's going to win. They're going to put Brock Purdy in the final six games of the year, and the Niners go to the NFC Championship. Would you have reacted the same way, or would you have been like, 
I can see it, even though you don't really know how you feel about Brock Purdy. Uh, I I don't know how I would answer that in the offseason. I do know that when Jimmy Garoppolo went down, we all had the sentiment, if any team can still win with a third-string quarterback, it is the San Francisco 49ers. I think we talked about that on our show. It was like, like, if any, like I don't know if it's going to happen. I actually put a bet on them the very next week after they beat Tampa to win the NFC after only seeing him play a game. And probably a got decent odds They there. were pretty good odds. With every consecutive win, the odds got a little bit worse. I'm glad I locked it in when I did. But we all at least had that reaction. If you, if you would ask me that, though, in August, I would have told you I don't see it. Yeah. Just because Brock Purdy wasn't very good last year at Iowa State. They were good the year, but they were good in the COVID year. And they had all that success. And then he came back. They all came back for another year. Remember, I want to say they lost to, like, Northern Iowa. And we, they had a crazy upset right out of the gate. And they ended up having a disappointing season. I mean, he was a good college quarterback. But nobody – I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> he was the last pick in the draft. Uh, by the way, can I say something on that? I just saw the video of him being announced as the pick. Did you know they have, like, a pretty woman stand on the stage and they have, like, an extended wide jersey – with the number that you're picked, I think it's two six two or whatever it is, and it it's the nameplate, Mister Irrelevant. You know they give that they give the, that away, huh? Would you want that as a player? I mean, you probably would because that's how they operate, right? They they chip every, on the shoulder. There's always a chip on the shoulder. It's like, oh, everybody's out against me. Yeah. But I also kind of watch that as a non Mister Irrelevant, and I find it very offensive. <laughs> hey, you're irrelevant. <laughs> Imagine being the second to last pick in the draft too. Like, why does this guy get a jersey? I was one name in front of him. I think it was Skylar Thompson. It's like I'm pick number whatever six hundred and ninety two. Yeah. Like, why am I not getting a jersey out of this? Deal? Why don't Why you call me senior irrelevant <laughs> yes. and he can be Mister? Can irrelevant. I be vice president irrelevant? Can I get that <laughs> title at least? Uh, all right. Well, we have a lot to get to today. Sal Capaccio of WGR five fifty in Buffalo. He's our sideline reporter. He's going to join us coming up at 7.30 for the Daily Ticker. We got our buddy Ken Barkley's going to join us at 8 a.m., who you conveniently left out of a tweet last night. I did. I totally forgot. I almost texted him. Like, Until you just said that, I, to- I totally forgot. Yeah, you pulled the spray. Ken Barkley. I love Ken Barkley. Uh, Ken will give a, he'll hop on, give us his picks for the divisional round, uh, and we have a lot to discuss. Pac-12 schedule was released, but I want to start in the NFL with one of the teams you just mentioned, and I want to play a fun game with you. All right? I'll play a fun guessing game, and then we'll dive into some NFL. That's coming up uh, next, Dirt and Sprague. Happy to be with you on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dirt, I want to play a game with you. Start our Thursday off. But it's a guessing game. I feel like I'm in an episode of Saw right now. What a play a game. Get the, the clown mask on. You mean to handcuff you to a desk? Yeah. And... <laughs> you got to get out. The key's up your butt. And you got to find it. <laughs> <laughs> I dig so so hard up there to get that key. Get that key! I couldn't first. The first one was good. First one was good, yeah. And then they just... I, they got, it got too crazy. Too gross, too graphic. When that guy gets up off the floor at the end of the first Your Saw movie, blown. everybody freaked out. Every The whole thing. Everybody screamed. It was six. <gasps> it was six Sense-like ending. It yes. was like, what? It was one of the craziest endings to a movie of all time. And he just shuts the door on that guy. See you later, buddy. Princess Bride, have um, fun in there. Anyways, I want to play a guessing game with you. I'm going to play an audio clip. Okay. And I want to see if you know who this person is. It could be sports. It could be non-sports. Okay? Okay. So I want you to bear that in mind. Jason Swigart, let's play this clip to see if Dirt knows who this is. I, I tell you guys all the time about how, I, how much I care about this, these guys and how, how close they are and selfless they are. And you saw that Sunday in that game. Who well, is that? I'm assuming it's somebody sports-related. Okay, it's interesting. You saw how close these guys are. You saw it Sunday in this game. Mm-hmm. I think the word game was mm-hmm. used. My initial guess would be Doug Peterson. Oh. Had a bit, a bit of a Doug Peterson vibe. But he said you saw that Sunday Yeah, in that game. The Jags did not play on Sunday. Look at you. They played on Saturday. Investigative work here. So now I'm trying to think. That's definitely not Zach Taylor. No, okay. That's definitely not Sean McDermott. Okay. Is it Brian Dayball? It is... Not Brian, Brian Dayball. No. Hmm. 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 It sounds like Doug Peterson. I want to go with Doug Peterson. But I don't think... No, it's not Doug Peterson. It's not Doug Peterson. That is Don Wink Martindale. Ah, Wink, the D.C. The D.C. of okay. your New York football giants. Never heard him talk. Uh, he, I love his look on the sideline, though. The flat bill hat, dude, the sleeveless sweatshirt. Dude, if I'm... If I'm to ever be fortunate enough to live to his age, Wink Martindale is like my spirit animal. <laughs> if you look at him closely, he's also got chains on. He's he does, got the yeah. long sleeve, the flat bill hat. He is all business, and players love this dude. <laughs> the reason I played Don Wink Martindale, I actually read about Wink Martindale yesterday. He's had a great career as a DC. He has had a good career. His Denver stop wasn't what he would hoped it would have been, no. but he got his bones. He made his bones coaching under Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Not John, Jack. That's how John knows him. And what he has done with the defensive side of the football in New York, it does deserve to be talked about. And what they were able to do, I know they gave up some points, but the pressure they were able to apply to Kirk Cousins, Kayvon, there's a really good article on Kayvon in the New York Post uh, or the New York Daily News, I can't remember which one it was, just how Kayvon is kind of the last rookie standing of that class. Like, it was a great rookie class. It really was, yeah. And and he's not one of the top three finalists for rookie of the year. Uh, that's going to, you know, guys like Sauce Gardner are probably going to win that, I yeah. would guess. Alave had a great year. Garrett Wilson had a great year. Like, there were players all over football. Aiden Hutchinson. And Kayvon was asked about the award ceremony because he went into the year and said, I want to win defensive player, the rookie of the year. And they were asked, like, hey, you're not invited. How do you feel? And he goes, I'm not going to watch. 
But all those guys going to be watching me on the on Sunday <laughs> or on Saturday or whatever they play their game. That's a good answer. To, yeah, Saturday night. That's a good answer right there. And I thought it was a good answer. And I I just I I keep I'm fascinated by the Giants because I'm not sure how good of a team they are, but I was impressed with a lot of elements of what they did against Minnesota. I know Minnesota was fraudulent, but again, their defensive line with Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon is good. Their secondary is feisty. Their offense, I mean, say what we want about Daniel Jones. He made NFL history last weekend, and maybe or maybe not you're buying into Daniel Jones. I, I think when you got a good coach, it's hard to dismiss the idea that maybe Daniel Jones has turned a corner here and found himself. The funny thing about the NFL is that you get these kind of storylines, and you never really see them coming. You know, I, the, the Giants are, this, are a prime example of this team that we're talking about right now. They did this twice with Eli Manning. Go look up Eli Manning's career statistics. The the whole you know Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall. He's not a Hall of Famer. He will get in because he won two Super Bowls, and for quarterbacks, that's all that matters. He never put up great numbers in the regular season. They were never an explosive offense. They always had their issues. They'd eke into the playoffs as the bottom seed, and what would happen? They'd have a good defense. They'd have a great pass rush, and they'd get hot. He'd get hot with one of his wide receivers, Mario Manningham, making an incredible catch. Like That is the story of the New York Giants over the last 15 years, and it's funny that it's kind of repeating itself right now. Like If you ask me what I trust about the Giants, it is first and foremost their defense. I think they got a lot of studs up front. They can, they can make life hell for an opposing quarterback. I thought they did a really good job uh, bottling up, to a certain extent, Dalvin Cook and not letting him have any explosive runs. His longest run of the day was an 11-yard run. And, you know, it, it might sound, you know, easier said than done. Like, they they bracketed Justin Jefferson, essentially took him out of the game. He only had Especially seven. Especially in the second half. In the second half, he did nothing. Now, look, Hawkinson ended up filling the void, and they left him open because they were double-teaming uh, Justin Jefferson. But to only have seven catches for 47 yards in a playoff game for – the guy that I think most people right now would argue is the best wide receiver in football. That's an incredible performance. He only had nine targets, too. They did not let him break any long runs after the catch. His average yard per catch was only 6.7 yards. His longest catch in the game was a 10-yard catch. He didn't have one longer than 10 yards. So to take that defensive philosophy and bottle up one of the most explosive players in the league, it tells me that they have the ability to do it. And it's one of the reasons that I love the Giants getting seven and a half. Philly kind of ended the season a little clunky. Hmm. I know Hertz is off the injury report, but that I'm sure is still lingering to a certain extent. And they have a defense that can keep them in the game. Now, will Danny Dimes come out and have the game that he did against Minnesota? We'll have to wait and see on that because nobody, I think, saw him playing to that level. It was really fun to watch. Uh, but if, if they want to win, they need that. But to keep it close, I think they absolutely have the defense to do it. There is a player on the Giants that I want to kind of take to the next segment in something that I saw yesterday that was pretty eye-popping about the divisional round. And I'll tell you what that is coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sex and sports, a young man's game. That's what they always say, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, baby. I always hear him saying it. It's all the people. All the people are saying it. We were uh, hanging around the office a little longer yesterday, and all they kept talking about, sex and sports, young sex, man's game. Sex and sports. Heard Ryan Cooley saying it over and over. He just kept muttering God. to himself, walking around by himself. All he was saying in his office, too, you could hear him even when the door was closed. Yeah, I was shaking his head. Yeah. Sex and sports, young man's game. Sex and sports, sex and sports. Well, I say that. Uh, because have you noticed a little trend we've got in the NFL this weekend? Uh, I don't know. This is a fun one. What's the trend? Do you know we don't have one quarterback that's 30 years or older? That's pretty damn cool. Every quarterback yeah. is in their 20s. There's a lot of guys that made their debut. Now, some of them we wish didn't make their debut because I'd rather watch Tua than Skyler Thompson, and I'd rather watch Lamar Jackson than uh, Tyler Huntley. Well, they both would have still qualified for my stat. Uh, under the 30. age of 30, yeah. yes. But you also had Herbert with his first appearance, mm-hmm. obviously. Trevor Lawrence with his first appearance. Daniel Jones with his first appearance. The list went on, man. It's a, it's a reminder of how... We talk about this a lot in the NBA with the great young core of players. I talk about this as a golf guy all the time, like how great this crop of, of generational talents we have in golf. Every single weekend, there's a different player, different core guys that are up there, and they're all fun to watch. NFL quarterbacks are no different. And some of these guys like Allen, Mahomes, uh, Dak, like you got guys that are in their upper 20s. They're going to be 30 in a yeah, year or two. Been and, around for a while. And we'll get there, but like it kind of feels like the old guard is finally done. That this new... Yeah, I'm with you on that. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm with you on that. I, I don't, maybe Brady will go to the Jets, and the Jets would be awesome, and maybe Rodgers will go to the Niners or something, and they're awesome. Imagine when Brady winning a Super Bowl at the age of 47. <laughs> Just kill me now. <laughs> Just get it over. Put me out of my misery. I don't think you could handle that. Cover my face with the pillow, and let's end it, buddy. I'm done. I'll just lay gently and wait. <laughs> but, no, I, I think it's a cool thing, and, and, and not that you're – well, maybe you would one of them, but like Daniel Jones is playing on a rookie deal. Brock Purdy's playing on a rookie deal. And so is Jalen Hurts playing on a rookie deal. Other guys got their contracts. I just, I know that's always been a big talking point the whole rookie scale winning mm-hmm. the Super Bowl thing. And Mahomes did it because, you know, he had just agreed to his deal after they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of him, though, this doesn't happen often, man. Like, you don't. You don't get the guys that win the Super Bowl on the rookie deal. It's such a big talking point in the NFL, and I understand why. But actually cashing in on it during the rookie deal, Patrick Mahomes is kind of the exception to the rule there, right? I mean, I guess New England would technically, but that was a different salary cap system with the rookie scale wage and all that stuff. In the modern era of rookie contracts compared to what the salary cap is for the rest of the roster, you've got you've had teams come close. You haven't had teams really do it outside of the one guy. And I, I don't think many people are thinking the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. No. But Philly is a favorite. Mm-hmm. Philly is a team that many look at and say they could win the NFC. They could win the Super Bowl. They've got the best offensive line. They've got a great defense. He's on a rookie deal. Hertz is having a great season. Like, I don't know if we'll see it this year, but it's fascinating that all of the quarterbacks, there's no quarterback 30 years or older 
and you got a couple rookie scale wage guys. Well, and you got a lot of uh, uh, incredibly talented kids coming to the league in, in the next few years. I, I think it's a reminder too that. You know, a, a lot of attention is paid to the special uh, specialization, if I could say that word this early in the morning, of sports, of people not playing, um, you know, a, enough different sports. And too many kids are just focusing on their one strength and they're not playing everything else. And people are arguing that's leading to more injuries. And I don't know if you saw the back and forth with Durant and Stan Van Gundy. Oh, I was going to get to that 45. So we, okay, we don't have to get into it now. But basically he was arguing, you know, hey, in the 90s, guys weren't getting hurt and they were playing more like, what's the deal? Why are guys getting hurt more now when they have better medical staffs and all this? So a lot is made about the way that, you know, kids these days only focus on one sport and it hurts them maybe physically and athletically. There's one thing that I think we don't talk about enough with the specialization, and that is I think quarterback plays better than it's ever been because of it. I think that's irrefutable. I, I think the way that these kids are now brought up and going to these seven-on-seven camps to going to, you know, Manning Passing Academies. There was a tweet from Eli yesterday. Every quarterback here was a Manning Passing Academy counselor. I'm sure half the kids went to it as high school kids coming out because they're all highly touted kids. Like the, the quarterback play is better than it's ever been, and the position has evolved to the point where we're no longer putting up our blockers against guys that are athletic and can move, and we're realizing that that can enhance our offense. Now, there will always be the debate about a Lamar Jackson type, where you would argue that's the primary strength of him as a quarterback is him running the football. But for all these other guys, like, is there any quarterback I'm trying to think? I think Hertz is kind of in that Lamar category. Hertz is, is similar they, to that, they sure. They need his athleticism. I'm trying to think. Is there, there's no quarterback left. Daniel that is Jones, a, Vanilla Vic this weekend was Van, trending. Yeah, there's nobody left that's a treat. And and we're leaving an era where there were a lot of – Tom Brady's a tree. He's not moving. Peyton Manning was a tree. He you, did not move. You don't think – okay, so I think every single one of these quarterbacks now to, different, Burrow? to different levels. But Burrow, I think, is great at using his legs and picking up first downs. I think he had a couple of times against Baltimore where he did it. Trevor Lawrence is super sneaky fast. Yeah, he is. And there was a story that came out this week about his athleticism. He freelanced the two-point play. That wasn't even called. Yeah. He just got up there. He said, dude, there's nobody right here. I'm going to like it and put my hand over the line. And he got the two-point conversion. We know what Mahomes can do. Hurts speaks for itself. Josh Allen is the Bills' leading rusher. Uh, and Brock Purdy, I think his his ability to be mobile has added an element to San Francisco's offense that didn't exist with Garoppolo. And so all these guys are kind of in this new modern wave of quarterbacks. And I think the position and, and the way that it's being played is better than it's ever been. Uh, there was a uh, I should have pulled it. There was a snippet from the Jags press conference yesterday with Trevor Lawrence and he was asked about his turnovers in the first half of that Charger game. And he said Doug Peterson, uh, at some point during the season, played him a clip from a podcast by a guy named Jocko. And I, I've seen this guy. I forget his last name, but he's like a military dude. He's pretty disciplined. He's got a regiment. He's like one of those hardcore David Goggins types, right? Okay. And uh, he goes, yeah, he played the clip, and it's good. It's it's good. And the the message from Peterson was basically, good or bad, anything that happens in a game, brush it off with Good. And he threw an interception, and he said on the sidelines <laughs> they were they were buying into this belief. Right? They, and he said an offensive line turned to me through to this. He said I threw my third my I threw my third or fourth interception. He goes I can't remember who it was, but one of my offensive linemen just looked at me and went good. <laughs> and that's how they just like shake off their their bad plays, their moments. They're just like good. I'm glad that happened. Now there's some adversity here. That's a really funny way to spin it. And I, well, I think it's a good team mantra, is, right? Because yeah. too many times there was a good clip. C.D. Lamb this weekend. Uh, Brett Mayer or Maher missed like his third extra point. And obviously nobody feels worse in the world than that dude. And he comes on the sideline and C. Lamb, sh give him a high five. And he goes, hey, man, 
We're with you. We're backing you. You you saved us. I think he said we. You saved us hella times. <laughs> and and the dude was like, "Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. And I really he, needed that right now." Yeah. He sat down. He's like, "Man, that's the superstar wide receiver saying that to me." So, you know, I I I I think the way these things are are going right now at that position, I think you're right. Like with these passing academies and just the 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 tools, the teaching, the fundamentals, the tape evaluations. These are just not things that quarterbacks did. Like, they did, but they didn't do it to this extent. And I think we're being rewarded as sports fans with 25, 23, 24, 27, 28. I think Dak's 29. Like, you're getting rewarded with young players at a at a, at a much faster clip emerging and, and playing the position as, as well as, if not maybe better than we've ever seen. I think the emphasis still to your initial point, too, remains on teams trying to capitalize before you have to pay these guys because a lot of these teams are going to have that problem in the very near future. The only guys that are left in the playoffs that have received their extension, Mahomes, obviously, Josh Allen got his deal in Buffalo, and Dak Prescott, who we know is always controversial with his contract, those are the only guys. Everybody else, Burrow is still on his rookie deal. Brock Purdy, obviously, is a rookie. Hurt hasn't gotten his extension Trevor Lawrence hasn't gotten his extension and Danny Dimes are trying to figure out what do we do with him and his fifth year rookie option and all that but all these these questions for Jacksonville like they're gonna pay him it's only a matter of when and how much it's gonna cost you I forgot Burrow was on his rookie deal Burrow is still on he's only in year three like you don't get a rookie contract extension before you know usually after year three Burrow will probably get it this offseason that's when it'll come for them but they're still trying to like this is a chance to capitalize because you know, it, I, I think sometimes we, we overemphasize it, but at the same time, I understand why we do it because when you have to all of a sudden add an extra $35 million a year to your salary cap to one player, it makes building a roster much more difficult. And there's a lot of teams that struggle with it because there are casualties elsewhere on your roster. And so Cincinnati's eventually going to have to do that. Jacksonville, who spent more money than anybody in the offseason, and I think it's a big part of the reason they're here on top of going and hiring uh, Doug Peterson, like you're not going to be able to have an offseason like that when you're paying Trevor Lawrence $48 million a year, which is probably what he's going to get. So you have, you have three teams that are... You know, with that big expensive contract that still have a great chance to win, and you got three teams with guys with with rookie deals that are trying to go all in. Market value on Spotrack is for Joe Burrow six years, two hundred and sixty four million dollars. Yeah, him and Herbert likely going to get it this offseason. We'll see what the Chargers do because they are incredibly cheap. Uh, but they oh, are both, they, they're, they're going to pay him. They're he'll, both, he'll get the deal. I hope so. They're both going into, into year three offseason, and that's usually when that contract starts. I would, I would for guess. For proven guys. Yeah, I would guess by their actions, he is their, I mean, he's the top priority for them. He has to be. He's the quarterback. You're also forgetting it's the Chargers. I know. I agree yeah, with they I should agree. pay him. It should be a no-brainer. It's, you know, you got your franchise guy, but. It's the Spano. The Spanos family decided to move an NFL team from San Diego, where they were beloved. Oh man, to Los Angeles. They still are. Marcus told me not long ago. He's like, dude, they they still love that team. They still how do you not root for them? They just hate the ownership. San Diego Chargers, and now they play. They rent out somebody else's stadium. Yeah, they do. And play eighteen road games every year. Yeah, that's that's what their owner did. God, if I could, if I could be a billionaire. <laughs> I want that Bruno Mars song. I want to be a billionaire so effing bad. I'd buy the Chargers. That's what you do? You go buy the Chargers? Would you I really back would. back immediately to San yes. Diego? No, oh, obviously. Screw that. I'd move to Portland. San Diego. Boy, screw San Diego. I'd move to Portland. Come on. Yeah.
bring an NFL team to Portland. I hate to say this is an Oregonian. I'd love to be in San Diego a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would do. Uh, that's what I would do if I bought them. Hey, we got like a week of sunshine coming, man. We're the new San Diego. Do we really? Yeah, I think in the next week it's not supposed to rain. You're my weatherman. I don't. You know me. I don't check the weather. I'm I, all in. Anytime you're like, hey, it's going to be sunny tomorrow. I'm like, cool. It's great to hear. <laughs> this is great. Uh, but yeah, no quarterback left in the postseason is above the age of 30. It's 30 and older. That's badass, man. New all 20-year-olds. All I'm all about the youth movement in every sport we got going on. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I did want to pick up something you put down there on an exchange on Twitter that we saw, and I find it very interesting because I thought it was a, a sneaky good point and a team I want to bring up that I think is it's criminal what they're doing. It, it just is, and I want to talk about that coming up next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. We got a Pac-12 schedule release. We'll go through our team's respective undefeated seasons coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Sal Capaccio, our good friend in Buffalo at WGR 550, radio host and sideline reporter, uh, doing Buffalo Bills stuff. He is our go-to guy for all things Bills. He'll join us at 730, and then Ken Barkley at 8 a.m. There was a good uh, text here that I just remembered, too. There was a piece that came out in the middle of the year. There is concern. Now, it's likely going to get done. But there is concern in Cincinnati about a Joe Burrow contract because of how cheap their ownership is and has always been. And a lot of these guys, you have to, like, put money in escrow. Like, you're giving away a lot of guaranteed money, a lot of money up front. Like, that dude, Mike Brown, is, I believe, is the Bengals' owner still. I, they are super cheap. And I remember reading a piece in the middle of the season that people were like, is he going to be able to fork over the kind of cash that it's going to cost to sign Joe Burrow to an extension? Uh, yeah, I put him. I put Davis in Vegas in this situation. The, the NFL, if this actually comes to light in the offseason – and there's any, I doubt that this is going to happen, by the way, this suggested article about them not being able to do it. What if he asked for Lamar 100% guaranteed money? I want the Deshaun Watson deal or I'm not signing. I want 250 totally guaranteed million dollars. I mean, you're breaking, you're not having to give him 250 <laughs> right then and there. You got to sure. break it up. But a lot of it's up front in a signing bonus. Like sometimes you got to sure. front load like $60 million in cash. If he can't have $60 million <laughs> in cash to give to somebody, he shouldn't own a franchise in yeah. the richest league in pro sports. I think he's a hand-me-down guy. Is he not? Is Or maybe he bought it a long time ago before it was expensive. I, I forget. I Yeah, I think it is a hand-me-down because it's Paul Brown Stadium, right? I and I think so. he's Mike Brown. Mike Brown, yeah. So I think he's probably a son or, I don't know. This dude, this dude doesn't have that Walmart money. He doesn't have that Denver Bronco money. Then don't own a team in the most expensive <laughs> league. It's ridiculous. Uh, yesterday, Stan Van Gundy, former NBA coach and now media analyst and play-by-play -play man, tweeted, 90s NBA teams had just a trainer and a strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. Teams now have huge medical and quote-unquote performance staffs and value rest over practice, yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something's not working. Pretty viral tweet. <laughs> Kevin Durant responds, Stan spitting, dot, 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 dot. This is such a good back and forth. SVG sees this and goes, no, period. I'm not criticizing players. I'm saying that we are getting something wrong in how we prepare and train players. We can't do anything about injuries like yours. He fell on your leg. But all of these groin, hamstring injuries, etc. shouldn't be happening as much as they are. Kevin Durant responds, Stan. I agree with you, That's LOL. Spitting just, you know, you're spitting facts. Well, if you go into the mentions more, more people go, Stan, spitting means you're speaking facts. And he goes, I had no idea. 
<laughs> I love that, but that's such a funny back and forth. And, you know, we've kind of talked about this a little bit over the years. And, you know, the NBA deals with this more than any other league for obvious reasons. This mm-hmm. whole, like, uh, rest and... Back in my day, we used to fly and play three and three. Load management and whatnot. And, and I think it is part of the reason the league struggles. Uh, but there are egregious teams with this. And I'm looking at one team in particular that I've been following all season. I'm done with them. And I hope that they get their ass kicked in round one. And that's the L.A. Clippers. They are egregious. To the point where our boy Alex Crawford down in L.A., former 1080 The Fan producer, who is a super Clipper fan and has been his whole life, even he admitted this year he hates this team. He's like, every time I watch it, they're not playing anybody. They sit in Kawhi, they sit Paul George, they sit this dude, they sit that dude. This is just what they're going to be this year. They're going to sit, and they're going to get in as a 5, 6, 7 seed. They probably don't care about what seed they are. No, they don't, and they're just going to say, we're good enough. And you know what? I don't think that they are, and I don't. I think that's a dangerous way to, to tempt the sport gods. And I'm rooting hard against them because I hate this crap, and I think, I think it's awful for sports <laughs> when athletes – just rest and load manage when they couldn't play. Stan's original point, I don't know. I don't know what we attribute with more injuries when we have the best medical conditions in human history. I don't know how to explain that. I'm not smart enough for it. It's a billion-dollar question. But there are teams that are far too egregious with what he is citing. Yeah, the Clippers, the funny thing, too, and I know last year was different because they didn't have Kawhi Leonard all season. He was out with the ACL. But they did this kind of last year. I mean, they load-managed throughout the course of the season. They ended up in a playing situation. And we in Portland remember vividly what happened when they needed to win a game to make the playoffs. What happened? Paul George tested positive for COVID the day of the game. He couldn't play, and they lost to New Orleans. They didn't end up making the playoffs. So this, to your point about, like, tempting the sports gods, like, yeah, you might end up in a playing situation. Be careful what you wish for, man. There's not a guarantee that you're going to win those. Those are, you know, one-game elimination-type situations, depending on what seed you're in in the Western Conference. And everybody in the Western Conference right now, even for the Blazers who have been playing, like, ass for two months, you're, you're what, three games out of the four seed? It is a very tight window, and so the more you load manage and the more that you're not guaranteeing wins on your schedule, you're currently the 8th seed, the Clippers are. They're only a half game ahead of Portland, who is currently the 11th seed and not in the playoff picture. You're a half game away from that. Now, maybe in the back half of the season they play guys more and they have an all-in approach to the postseason, but I'm with you. There's a be-careful-what-you-wish-for thing here that I, I think not building chemistry, not going through the trials and tribulations that most teams go through in the regular season, the ups and downs, learning how to work through you know, rough spots shooting or rough spots defensively, communicating, like all that stuff builds over the course of an 82-game schedule, and it's very important when you get to the playoffs, and they're not going to be a team that has that. And In terms of the injuries, though, I I would love for somebody to do a deep dive on this. What is our best guess, guys? Swag, you grew up in the heyday of uh, rub some dirt on it, shut up and get out there. <laughs> what is our best guess of why we have these injuries? Because I I'm trying to remember my youth a little bit here. And maybe I'm wrong, and it's just a bad memory. I don't feel like I ever heard as much ACL hamstring stuff growing up as I have in my adult life, where it's just like, oh, it's the, he tore his ACL. Maybe it was. Maybe there was as many ACL injuries. I just feel like ligament, stuff like that. Soft tissue injuries. Yeah, it's just yep. it's gotten worse throughout my adult life, where as a kid it was like, yo, Steve Young had five concussions in one game. He's playing this week. 
and he throw three tutties for 300 yards. Yeah, one of it is uh, better technology to detect issues before they get severe enough. Um, guys just played through it. They were just expected to. The salary situations, you know, he didn't have, quote, guaranteed contracts, and, you know, they were making nice money but not exorbitant money yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean – Man, it was just it was just a different mentality overall. Also, I think, and the one theory, and, and it's a theory that keeps going out there, the specialization of guys now pretty much playing hoop year-round. You play AAU, you play clubs, you do all that sort of stuff. It used to be your best athletes as you grow up played all three sports. And so there was the idea that, with all the development, I mean, you played football and then you played basketball and then you played baseball or run track or whatever the case may be, you developed, uh, you know, your body, all of your muscles, you know, that you used. And so you had, your body was basically balanced. It wasn't yeah. so geared to just playing basketball and the repetitive use stuff, all of those sorts of things. So it, that's always been a theory. If you go hear guys like, you know, the Van Gundys and old school coaches, they used to love seeing guys play other sports because they developed different physical skills, different types of agility, all of that sort of stuff that uh, they could then translate on or figure out how to use on, on a basketball court. I'm shocked that we haven't had some sort of, and maybe there is, and I just haven't read it. Like, why isn't there some sort of research book that's been written on this? Like, with the way we handled medical injuries, the way kids played sports growing up, fr- trying to find some sort of solution to it. Because I think I do think Stan is on to something. Now, maybe some of it is we just were younger and we didn't pay as close of attention, but it does feel like now there is that more soft tissue. The guy's going to be out with a hamstring. Guy's going to be out with a groin. Guy's going to be out with an ACL and uh, you just you have these lingering issues for guys when it feels like that should not be the case. We had an author when we had Danforth still part of the show. We had an author, and I want to say you were actually out for this. It might have been in the summertime. I forget the guy's name. He wrote a book about specialization of sports and the mm. dangers of it. And his book basically concluded, like, you should be doing everything in your power to have your kid play multiple sports. Yeah. For a lot of the reasons, Swag, you just highlighted there of, you build different muscles. Your body's kind of working in different ways. Also helps you with hand-eye coordination for multiple sports. Oh, it's way better for you as an athlete. I mean, it was just normal for us, yeah. right? I know we kind of sound like the old fuddy-duddies right now. Like, back in my day, we all played different sports. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a bit to that. Like, I know kids right now that are my nephew's age, like 13, 14, 12. Some of them do. They specialize. Like, I know one kid plays he plays baseball year-round. He loves baseball. It's his, it's his sport. I could never do that as a kid. Well, I loved every sport yeah. that I played. I could never do one year round. Well, he just, he loves, I think he loves playing it the most. I think it's a sport maybe he's the best at. And he does, it's like, why am I going to mess with football? It could cost me my baseball season. Why mess with basketball? I'm not a great player. I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are. I don't, I've never talked to the kid about this, but like, I know he just plays baseball year round. I think there's a lot more of those kids, I guess, than we, than we thought. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't even know if we can contribute what we're seeing to that. I don't know if all these basketball players 
are only playing basketball. I know that to be true. Yeah, I don't know what any, what what they all did growing up. I know they specialized and probably played a lot of travel hoops and you know basketball in the summer and all that kind of stuff. But did they play football in the fall? Yeah, you always hear did they go like play track and field. Stories. Did they run track right. and field? Like I right. hear this all the time with guys in the recruiting sagas now, where guys are kind of like Oregon's going after one of these tight ends. It's one of the top in the country. Something Robinson. He's he's a big uh, 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 baseball guy, and he's like currently he's a high profile baseball player, and he just had a workout for the Dodgers. At Dodger Stadium. He's a right. senior in high school. He's trying to get drafted, play baseball in the offseason, uh, you know, in the minor leagues and develop that and then go play college football. So there's a lot of guys that still do both. Uh, but I, I do think it's a concerning trend that kids are just specializing in one thing. And at least I, I hope for the most part with those kids that it's to like your nephew's point. It's it's their choice. And it's not a, hey, this is your best sport. And you're going to do this year round kind of thing from the parents. Yeah, I mean, you're always hoping for that. If the parents are projecting that, like, hey, play one sport thing, yeah, you, you don't want to see that. I, I thought it was interesting back and forth, not necessarily from Kevin Durant's reaction, more just like him telling, hey, spitting means you're, you're saying the truth. But Stan brings up another point where, like, we're all kind of wondering, yeah, what is the deal with that? Guys didn't used to – load managing was not a thing. It was not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. And they practice. They don't practice anymore. You practice hard and you play every game. Do shoot-arounds and <laughs> a couple drills, and that's kind of it. They yeah. don't practice anymore. Uh, hour number two, we have a lot to get to. Sal Capaccio will join us at 7.30. Uh, but we start undefeated seasons are on the horizon, gentlemen. We'll start there. Dirt and Sprague on the Odyssey app at 1080. The Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.